Welcome back to Daf HaShavu as we study Mesechas Yivamos. Daf Lama Gimel Amid Aleph. I'm recording this year before Pashas Vayichi, Tavshin Pei Aleph. I take out a minute for a public service announcement at the request of my good friends at Daf HaShavu. Daf HaShavu is an international effort. It's really a grassroots effort of some amazing Balabatim that are involved in spreading Torah throughout the world. We are not the only Daf HaShavua Shir in Teaneck, New Jersey. We have a unique approach focusing on Halacha Lamasa, but there are Shirim taking place at a number of different shuls. And in honor of the completion, Bezras Hashem, next week of the third parak of Mesechas Yivamos, we'll be having a special Shir with Rav Mordechai Willig for the Teaneck Chaburos, focusing on practical issues of Yibum and Chalitza. It looks very exciting. I also want to mention Daf HaShavua, the initiative, which is, uh, they're engaged now in a fundraiser. No one should feel the pressure from me to donate, but I will include a link on the email this week or next week. And if not, the shul takes care of it as well. But we're very fortunate to be able to be partners with Daf HaShavua. Let's jump back into the Daf. We're smack in the middle of such an important topic, Ein Isser Chalal Isser. Now, as we go through this Gemara, we realize not only is there machlokas between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon, a general machlokas of whether Yesh Isser Chalal Isser, Ein Isser Chalal Isser, but perhaps as you went through the Gemara and I discussed with some of you, a possibility that everyone would agree that there is this concept of Ein Isser Chalal Isser, it's just a question of to what extent it applies. We're not going to have a chance on this shear, it's not the nature of our shear, to go into all of the rules and to do a full analysis of Bavas Achas, as I explained briefly last week. Isser Mosef, Isser Kola. What I want to do this week is present to you an incredible tshuva of the Node to Behuda. Before I do that, we'll... we'll reinforce some of the concepts and you'll see how halacha lamasa, this has applications with a wild case an unfortunate tragic case but we'll try to apply it today especially in light of I think the number one question that uh, people asked me this past week besides some of the technical questions is what exactly does it mean if we say is it similar to, you know, you have in American law a double jeopardy, although it's not exactly the same? You only get one punishment. How does that play out in the tshuva process? And I'm going to use this tshuva, the response of the Node to Behuda, to explain. Before I jump into the tshuva, I just want to give a uh, common application of this tshuva, which is going to seem a little bit wild. You know... We're talking to adults here. So a couple, they get married. And in the ksuba, it says besultada. But what happens if the couple was uh, living together? Is it besultada? It's not besultada. If they were living together and they had relations, then the nature of the ksuba changes. So what happens at a wedding? These are on many different layers. Does the chassan tell the kala? If, let's say, the chassan was with another woman before, does the kala tell the chassan? 
But let's say the couple were with each other. Do they tell the Masadic Kedushan? So if you're dealing in a situation of Ksuba, it's not the biggest deal. When I say it's not the biggest deal, it's not the biggest deal because we're really dealing here with a mumminous perspective. And you're dealing with a busha perspective, with a shame perspective. And these factors will go into play. And there will be times where a Masadi Kedushan will read or will say, Basulta, even if the woman is not a Basula. And that's not considered to be Sheker. You know, we have, in, I'm recording this year before Pashas Vayichi, there's a Chazal teaches there may be times where Sheker is allowed to preserve peace, dignity. Now, whether the couple could be lying to each other, that's a whole separate discussion. But sometimes the consequences are greater. I'm just using the Ksuba. I deal with this question consistently. I wouldn't say all the time, but it happens. And, and I happen to mentor a lot of younger Abanim who will call me up with such a question. You also don't want to make a mockery out of Chazal or out of the Ksuba if there's a situation where everyone knows the couple's been living together for a number of years to read, even if they both agree to the economic change, um, to, to read Basulta Duck could make a mockery of the whole system. So th- there are a lot of issues that come up, but they're not as fundamental as something that we've discussed before. And that's a situation where if Rahmanul Tzlan, the woman who's married, had a, an illicit uh, relationship with another man, while she was in Asia Sish. This woman is now prohibited, not only to the person that she had relations with, to the person that she had what we call an affair with, but she is now usher to her husband. Now, what happens if the woman herself confesses to the husband? Do we believe her? We have a rule of Ein Adam Mesamatsmo Russia. Unlike in American law, you can't convict yourself in this realm. And do we really have witnesses? You know that the whole parish of the Sota, the different stages, they're not necessarily witnesses to the full action. That takes place through the May Sota, but there, was, there were witnesses to the Yichud. Well, what happens in a situation where... You have a married couple, they seem to be a happy couple, and then some person from the past is feeling a sense of guilt, maybe his own guilt. He in the past had a relationship with this woman and comes to a rub and says that I want to uh, confess my sins. I want to confess my sins, not just to the Rebona Shalom, that's the Bain Adam but also I want to confess my sins to the man who is related to this woman, it's the husband of the woman who he had an affair with. Now he may be coming out of, out of guilt, and we have to then think about the Ben al-Machavero piece, but there's the additional element here of Asr Labal, Asr Laboel. Will this couple be able to live with each other again? So this was the exact question close to the exact question that came to the Node de Yehuda. The Node de Yehuda goes through a full analysis. It's an incredible analysis, and we're not going to go through every piece, but I just want to point out how the Node de Yehuda was dealing with this question, 
I'll give you the exact date or the years when the Nod of Behuda was dealing with this question. And at the very end of the tshuva, which is what we're going to focus on today, the Ein Isser Chalal Isser issue came up. And the Nod of Behuda tells this individual that we're going to be able to figure out what do we do with the woman. We're going to figure out what do we do with the husband. You yourself have to also figure out what are you going to do with yourself. Now, in this crazy case that comes to know to Behuda, you have now someone who is married with his own family, who in his dark past had relations with a woman who had her own family. What do we do about it? So th- this is the nature of the question. They were actually related to each other. We're not going to go through all the details. A pretty famous tshuva. But I'm going to focus, as I said, at the outset of the shir with the Ein Isser Chalal Isser. Because there were two Isurim that were facing this person beyond all the collateral damage of the other people involved. He had relations with a woman who was an Eish And likely had, because this was an affair that went on for three years, had relations with someone who was a Nida. And the Nod to Yehuda in this tshuva is figuring out when Ein Isser Chal Isser will apply. Part of it is going to depend on some timing issues, and it will depend as well on the Isser Mosif, when that applies and when it doesn't apply. Before I get to the tshuva issue, in the tshuva of the Nod to Behuda, there's something else that comes up on the Gemara. It actually came up on the last daf. How do we define Orasha Gomor? You see, there's a Gemara Mesech Sanhedrin in the sixth parak. You look at the Mishnah there on uh, Mem Vav and the Gemara in Mem Zayin. This is discussed in the Shulchan Aruch Yerdea, Shin Nun Zayin, Sif Aleph. That if someone is considered to be a Russia Gomor, and let's define it, some of the Rishonim here define it, is they were chayiv for two different misos from a Bezdin. See, the way it worked back at the time of the Gemara is they had separate cemeteries for the Arba misos. Now, it's a halachal emotion misinai that there were only two cemeteries. The people that were chayiv, Skila and Srefa, which are the two harshest uh, punishments, Skila is actually worse, they were buried together. And Herig and Chenek, they were buried together. When you look at our Gemara, it looks like this was a permanent burial, but it's actually not true. If you look back in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, they would eventually go to their ancestral burial place, but there needed to be a certain process till the bones uh, appeared without getting into all the uh, gory details. But what you see also from our Gemara, and this is how it connects to Enes or Chalal Isser, and especially the position of Ribiosi, is that even if you could give a Ribiosi case of Enes or Chalal Isser, where it does apply, but if a person was involved in two Misos Bezdin, then they're going to be buried in the section of the real Rishayim, even if only one of those sins was the sin of a Skila or a, a Srefa. So we had back on Lamed Bays with Rashi, and it connects, of course, to Agamar here and Lamed Gimel, if someone has relations 
with his mother-in-law, who is also an Ashes Ish. The punishment for the being together with the, the mother-in-law is a worse punishment. That's going to be a punishment of Srefa, as opposed to the punishment of the Ashes Ish, which is a punishment of Herig, but will still end up being buried there. Now, in some of the sources that I quoted you from the Shulchan Aruch, just to show you the contemporary application, because we're not really burying people separately based on a chi of Misas Bezdin, you do see in certain cemeteries there's a separate section, let's say, where the Gedolim are buried. That's the practical application today, because there's a distinction between being buried with Rishayim or Tzadikim, and we don't want to get into that breakdown, so they put the great Tzadikim in one place. Halacha today, in most situations, a person is going to be buried, you know, with family members. There was also a time where people would sometimes be buried on the outskirts of a cemetery for certain um, things that may have happened. There was even a time when people, Rahman Islam, committed suicide. They may have been buried on the outskirts. But today, with the advances in knowledge of mental health, etc., more or less everybody's going to be buried in the same section. A halachalamasa question comes up with an intermarriage. Clearly only Jews could be buried there, but what happens when someone buries out, marries out? We're not going to get involved in, in all of this. I've always thought, and this is just the Shalom Baum interpretation, that besides the halacha, and some of this is also halachalam motion misinai, Chazal were trying to create certain disincentives, especially in certain areas, in the gray areas, where if you know where you're going to end up permanently, then maybe that's going to have an impact on the way we would live in this world. The note to be Yehuda, whose name, his real name was Yechesko ben Yehuda Halevi Landau. In fact, uh, the note to be Yehuda is named after his father. It's based on a passing in Tehillim, Ayin Vav, was in many ways uh, the God of Hador. He lived in the 18th century, 1713 to 1793. He's also known for his famous uh, student, the who's somewhat underrated, but very important. And uh, he met the Nod Behuda, and the Nod Behuda finally comes to Prague. He wrote the Dagomer Varva, the Tzion Lenefesh Chaya, which is a beautiful uh, reference, the Tzlach, to uh, his mother, whose name was Chaya. And we also have a number of his drushos, incredible drushos. I've quoted from some of them relating to tefillah. He even has an amazing discussion about Hausmanyanim in Prague and other such uh, very relevant issues. So questions came to him all over. And this question that I uh, referenced in the beginning part of the shir comes to him. He refers to our Gemara. And I just want to read you a little bit. I'm happy to send the tshuva to you. He says that the bottom line is we lean halachically like the view of Rabiosi, that even if Rabiosi is going to follow the opinion, remember we saw that Machlokas Amarayim, Rabbi Avahu's view, that there will be cases where we say, but when it comes to tshuva, Nevertheless, as far as his rishus, he would end up being buried with Rishayim Gemurim. Again, we don't do this today, but all things being equal. And here's the key, Vim Kain, Vaday Bitshuva Tsarakla Shuvashtehan. 
he was telling this particular student this particular question. You have a lot of tshuva to do. Now, within the tshuva, and why I'm getting so passionate about it, he tells him there's really no shortcuts to tshuva. This guy just wanted to, you know, fast, you know, suffer himself physically, and then he wouldn't have to necessarily go through the whole process. And uh, the Nodi Behuda says, that's not the way Yahadzus works. You really need a process. He does give him some suggestions of physical deprivation as well. And uh, he quotes from our Gemara. So at the bottom line, after we go through all of this, and this goes back to something that I said in the first year, a person, all things being equal, should be tracking his or her Averos. You can't do this to the point of destructiveness. You don't necessarily have a book like we see in the Gemara Shabbos that uh, some of the great ones in our history have done. And we discussed last week the possibility of bringing karbanos. But a person, especially when it comes to major sins, Baruch Hashem has the opportunity for kapara, has the opportunity for tshuva. In this tshuva, the Noda Behuda says is that you have been adam lamakom requirements and you have been adam lachavero requirements, especially in the issue of, of an affair. You're really damaging two people that you're involved in, one who is willingly involved in, and obviously the suffering spouse with tremendous consequences. And you don't get to write the result. That's why such a question has to go to someone like the Noda Behuda. Have a great week of learning.